Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ben and Chris Talk Football. I am Chris. And I am Ben. And we are here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the NFL. There's some pretty big happenings this weekend, Ben. A lot of big games going on. Huge games, major implications. We got to take care of them today because fortunate for us, there's no Thursday Night Football. Yeah, that really sucks, man. It does. It kind of, I mean, I, I poo-pooed Thursday Night Football enough, but it kind of, when you're used to it and you take yeah. it away, the upside is there's Saturday football. Yeah, I'd rather, I'd still rather Thursday and have my Saturdays open to do things and watch football Sunday. And but, uh, also, I, I didn't realize there was a Thursday, clearly, because last episode I told everybody that Ben and I would stop choosing banker tanks on Thursday. Which which we're holding ourselves but, to. Yeah, when we are keeping our promise there, although it, it, it does kind of take away from it a little bit that we actually can't no matter what. That's true. But uh, that was before we even realized it. So going forward, we still will not choose banker tank on Thursday going into the next season. But, but yeah, I'm going to blow right by. kind of me laugh a little bit. What was that? I'm going to blow right by. Saturday and Sunday. We're going to start on Monday Night Football. Monday Night, okay. We're going to start on Monday Night Football. What's going on Monday night? We got Packers-Vikings. It's a big game. For the division. Big game. Huge, huge implications. We could see a flip of the division where the Packers have held it for so long this year. And just like that, the Vikings could have it. Which Which in and of itself is insane. Oh, there's there's seeding implications. If the Packers lose, they could drop down a seed or two, uh, especially if the Minnesota Vikings do manage to grab that uh, win this weekend. I mean, it's it's major. Having it, having teams have to come to uh, Minnesota is a different ma- different maker for them. Yeah, and the thing is too is, you know, uh, the Titans are playing. I know that's not the game we're talking about. But the Titans are playing the Saints, a very hungry Titans team. Right. And the Saints team, you wonder if they're coming off a high after the Breeze record-breaking Monday night performance. So Titans win. Saints might drop out of that two seed. The winner of this game, although Packers already are there. Right. And I don't know what the tiebreakers exactly are if Minnesota would take over that spot if they were to beat Green Bay and take the division lead. But like you said, that top two seeds – and the NFC is really muddled right now. And if Minnesota beats Green Bay, that gets even more confusing. Minnesota needs – oof. So I will backtrack one thing because the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. Right. Which they'd be tied head-to-head. Right. Second tiebreaker is division. Green Bay's got that one. Okay, so they would still they would still maintain that seed then. Uh, they would need a – Bears victory um, against the Bears on Week 17, and they need a Green Bay loss Week 17 to usurp the Packers. But the Packers would lose seeding if they uh, if they lost the game, and Saints win, everyone else wins. It's it's major implications for seeding, and and it drives the Green Bay Packers to have to win Week 17. And that gives them no opportunity to rest their starters. If they lose, like they win this game, it's over. It's over. And they can rest their starters week 17. Anyone who's dinged up, kind of nicked up a little bit, they can rest them. But you go out and lose this game, you got to play for it on uh, week 17. And that's not, that's not something a lot of teams want to do. 
Um, and especially if they can manage to get that uh, keep that seating, uh, the one two one or two seating, uh, make sure you get that bye week. Yeah, that's that's really important, especially you know for some teams that have been well, all teams are banged up at this point. But oh, yeah. I mean, you get you got teams that are Forty uh, ers have some defensive players that aren't doing so well. They would love to lock up a seed and be able to rest over the bye week and get those guys back for the uh, division round. Packers, from what I can tell, seem relatively healthy. But uh, I mean, I mean, in general, for the most speak, part, in general speaking, though, you're you're you're. Typical Knicks uh, uh, bumps. Right, right. I, I didn't say they had a, a clear injury list, just, yeah. you know, for the most part. Minnesota does not. Oh, Minnesota's... No, Minnesota's injuries are... Not not only are they plentiful, but they're big-time players. Dalvin Cook. And you go, okay, we don't have Cook, but Madison's look good in a backup running back role. Yeah, well, he's dinged up. Okay, well, then you have two premier receivers in Diggs and Thielen. Oh, well, Thielen, even though he played, was not himself last week. He's dinged up. Minnesota really, really, really needs to win both these games just so they have a chance to get that bye week for rest. Minnesota also needs to win their games because the only reason why the Rams are still mathematically in the playoffs is because Minnesota is 10-4. And I'm guessing, without digging into it, is there's a, there, there are tiebreakers in there where if Minnesota loses both their games, L.A. wins both their games, L.A.'s in. Well, I think LA is going to be put to uh, put to bed this oh, weekend. I mean, th- but that's I know what, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's probably goes without saying, but it 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 behooves Vikings to make sure they win at least week 17. And there are some really bad losses in there for the Vikings too. Oh, there is. There are some games in there they absolutely should have won, and they just laid an egg and, and did not do what was necessary to win. I mean, they're, they're an upper, they sh- they have enough talent on that team to be an upper echelon team. Oh, which absolutely. Is, which is what they're proving, but they've got a couple, like you said, a couple losses that, eh, you should have, if you're one of those teams, yeah. you should be winning those games. Top-tier teams have to win. 49ers have struggled at points this year. What do they do? They come back stronger next week. Right. No, same with the Packers. I I have always said, from, I've said it from the beginning of the season, I don't think Green Bay is as good as they're playing. But, They've still done what they had to do and gotten to where they had to go. Right. So, got to give them credit. They're 11-3. and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. And, and Minnesota's 10-4. Yeah. You don't get to 11-3 by mistake. No matter right. who you are. And they're in the position. They can lose this game. Come back week 17 against uh, Detroit. Yeah. And and yeah. And or they can just win this one. And like you said, I don't think they would lock up a bye week unless – the Saints lost this weekend. But if they did, that'd be huge because now you can rest your starter 17. Right. Now you have all next week, the bye week, or uh, next week is 17, the following week, the bye week for the, uh, the wild card round. Come back in the division round with two weeks off, probably feeling really, really good playing at Lambeau, which is one of the more difficult places to play, especially in the playoffs. So Green Bay really, really needs to get it done this weekend. How, how, how do you see this game coming out? I think the Dalvin Cook factor just makes it one-sided. Packers are yeah. going to win. That's just that's just my opinion. It just it just doesn't make sense um, to go against the Packers when Dalvin Cook is not only the offense; he makes the passing game more open as um, an offense. 
it, it just it, he he is such a focal point. It is discernible the difference between when he's there and when he's oh, not. Oh, absolutely. The offense runs through him. As good as those receivers are, he he's a centerpiece. Like I said, without him, it's not the same. Alexander Madison has looked outstanding at times this year in, in relief of him. Granted, it was late game garbage time. Right, right. But he's not there either. And I, I only bring this up again because I had originally thought Minnesota was going to win this game. And then I saw... Cook out, right? Madison out. Thielen, Thielen looks like he's you know one wrong move away from tweaking a hamstring again and being gone probably the rest of the year now. I mean, I don't see Minnesota winning this game. I don't think they have enough firepower without their running backs and the receiving core essentially on one leg. I, I, I don't think there's any way they go and beat Green Bay. There's, there's no, I, I, unless you you have the an iteration of the Vikings. Last year, when or the year before, when they were on a pace of just a dominant defense, but you don't. No, they're not that team. You, don't, you just no. don't. I don't know. Xavier Rhodes is. I don't want to say he's a shell of himself, but he, he is deteriorated a bit. Trey Wayne's isn't what he was. That drop off for him has been ridiculous. Harrison Smith's been there for almost a decade, I'd say. So eventually, he's going to have some drop off. It's just Everson Griffith eventually going to have a, um, a drop off, and then he might you might be seeing it now. They have Daniel Hunter, they have Anthony Barr, they have some nice pieces, but they're not. You know, you had those you had those kids in their early years, and then you had your not aging veterans, but your veterans in their prime. But now, what? Well, it, it was like that Seattle defense in Russell Wilson's early Russell Wilson's career, right? I mean, they were just dominant in every aspect. You could barely score on them. And they had a couple of years like that, and then they started losing pieces. And now they're good. They have some very, very good players. But they flipped it. Yes. They have, like, one play, one player on defense that's the same. And, and the difference with Seattle is they, they didn't they didn't let their window pass it, them by. It, it kind of was closing, and then, and then Pete just started flipping players. Well, no. What, what I mean by that is they won their championship. Right. They got their ring. They even made it to, you know, they made it to another one. Also, didn't didn't work out for them very well because you know they passed when they should have run. Right. But as a Pats fan, I'm grateful for that. And I, I just don't, I don't see Minnesota as a defense to be feared. Your your problem as as the head coach of Minnesota, as good as he's been, Pete had that. Like you said, he had that championship that could carry him through a, a little bit of a low, and now you see him coming out the other side and kind of right eleven and like three. Like you said, rebuilt it. He flipped number it. one seed. Yeah, he's building that defense back up. That's carrying him through. Now he could probably carry this through for another two seasons, maybe three. Whereas Zim, he doesn't have that ring. He had a dominant team last year, and nope, got knocked out of the playoffs. I don't want to say he's out because he's got a great team, but if they start to recede a little bit more next year and we know what Kirk Cousins' problems are, and if you don't have Dalvin Cook, I'm sorry, you you can see Minnesota slipping to the bottom of that division, especially if Detroit decides to play up to their potential and they have Stafford a whole year. 
that's a whole different story then. I just want to add one thing to this before we move on. New Orleans, um, Green Bay has the tiebreaker over New Orleans. Seattle has the tiebreaker over Green Bay. So if Green Bay wants someone to have to come to Lambeau, they need Seattle. Better, to lo- yeah. They need Seattle lose two games in a row. Good luck with uh, that. Now we'll do their plan. Good luck with that. So Green Bay, I think, I think the math works out. Green Bay can sew up the division and the two seed this week, this Monday, with a win over the Vikings. And I think, the, well, I think who, they'll do who, that. Do they have? They have the tiebreaker over the Saints. Yeah. Because oh yeah, yeah, they have the same record right now. They have the same record over. right yeah, now. Okay. Yeah. So they win this weekend. It doesn't matter what the Saints right. do. Okay. So, Man, if Green Bay loses, uh, not Green Bay, excuse me, San Fran loses, they could have the one seed. San Fran's in the five seed right now. I keep forgetting that that yeah, uh, Seattle and they they won Seattle's that, yeah. the Seattle's the one seed. They have the they have the tiebreaker over Green Bay. So Green Bay would need wow, Seattle. What a mess up top over there, huh? Dang. It is. It is a little bit of convoluted mess. Um, I think they'll pare it down to where it's going to be down to the sixth seed. And unfortunately, you're one of these is not going to. Something's not going to suss out this weekend because Minnesota is facing Green Bay, and that'll leave the door open for the Rams unless the Rams win or lose. Sorry. All right, let's move on to our second game: Bills at the Patriots. I mean, if you'd have told me back in you know, the first three, four, or five weeks of the season how important this game would be, I'd have probably laughed. But, man, the Bills look legit. Yeah, they do. Their defense. I mean, Josh Allen, uh, I said before, he couldn't hit water falling out of a boat in the middle of a lake. True. With his passing, he is not accurate. I, I keep hearing about his rocket arm, but that's great. But when he overthrows the receiver by 10 yards, it really doesn't matter. Um, but that defense is extremely legit. Uh, what is your kid's name? Uh, Tredavious White. Tredavious White. He is. It's him and Jair Alexander and uh, Shaquille Griffin, the next three three cornerbacks that are going to be on that. Yeah, break break the bank well, kind of deals. He's legit. I know. I know he was playing a less than stellar quarterback this past Monday, right? With uh, uh, Devlin Hodges and, and Pittsburgh, but. I mean, he's still he still made the plays he had to make, and he's looked really good. They better be careful throwing to him. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, it's a four thirty Saturday game. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, good, good scheduling. scheduling. Couldn't do that on Sunday. Thank you. Um, I see. I see the Patriots pulling it out. Yeah, uh, they're in New England. Yeah, that, that, that's important because if this game was in Buffalo. It'd be an entirely different animal. It could be because that crowd would be rabid. Right? They'd be they'd be tailgating right now, and but, I'm not exaggerating. They'd probably be tailgating in Buffalo three, four, five days early. Absolutely, they would be. Um, it's interesting. Um, they they'd flip if New England lost to Buffalo. Both but teams I, are already in the playoffs, by the way. Right? They are. They'll flip. Um, Buffalo will still need to win week 17 if Patriots win week 17. So it, it, you can't have that low. And you have Kansas City at 10-4. and four. 
I don't know what the tiebreaker is between Buffalo and Kansas City, but we know what the tiebreaker is. Yeah, we know really, the, yeah, we know the Chiefs have the tiebreaker over the Patriots. Right. Um I mean there is a there is a path if New England loses to Buffalo, but then week seventeen Buffalo loses, New England wins. New England's got the division, but they might not have the two seed. Yeah, that that could be Kansas City at this point, yeah. So Buffalo Buffalo unequivocally needs this win to have a shot at the division. But then they also need the following week to win, to hold on to that division. And let's not forget, as as inconsistent as they've been, there's a circumstance where the Texans could end up with a bye, too. That's true. Um, I don't think it'll happen because they've been so shaky, but it's, it's possible. A, it's a couple of wins with, you know, New England two New England losses. I eight, I think a Kansas City loss would do it. I'm not sure their tiebreaker off the, off the cuff. But there absolutely is a path for Houston, Kansas City, Buffalo, any one of them to get the two seed, to get the three seed. New England wins this week. It cements them as the division winner, but not necessarily the two seed, unless Kansas City loses. Yeah, they would have to. They would have to win both games. Yeah, in order to be guaranteed the two seed. The upside is is that New England has Miami, week seventeen. I believe Buffalo has the Jets. I'll so those see. are both very winnable games for right. those teams. But um, well, the advantage goes. It, the advantage goes to New England having Miami and both games at home. Right. So I just I just see I just see New England beating the Bills. It's just Josh Allen not efficient in the passing game. We've seen it. We've seen it week in and week out. Just five yards ahead of, of like a wide open receiver that could have done damage. And it's oh no. Fourth down, got a punt. I'm not saying Tom Brady's been perfect this year, but their offense is just a little bit more efficient than they are. Well Brady and the offense as a whole have struggled for by the last two months. But look at the turnaround they've had. Yeah, I mean you're getting. I mean you bring in Mohamed Sanu and he has a good game against Baltimore, and then he struggled to really incorporate himself in the offense. Dorsett's been in or out. Edelman's been banged up. They seem reluctant to use Nikhil Harry for more than like four snaps a game prior to last week, right? And they used him, and look at how the offense flowed. They I made, mean they weren't they weren't killing it because there was a, a, a Gilmore pick six in there, and then you know it wasn't garbage time. So I'm not trying to say the Patriots' offense is back to normal. No. But I do think every week you're seeing pieces fall back together. And if this team hits on all cylinders with that defense, which, by the way, is very good because people can say, oh, but Kansas City did this all they want. Once the Patriots made adjustments and they figured it out, KC didn't move the ball against them. Oh, no, they didn't. They just scored Three points in the second half. I was going to say, they didn't score a lot in the second no, half. No, three points on that first drive in the second half, and then that was n- nothing. The only the Patriots de- were coming back, and that defense had them locked down. The only exception team I see is Baltimore. Because even yeah. even Houston, they made adjustments in the second half, and they, that that enabled them to make that run. That and the Texans basically play and prevent defense. But Baltimore is the only one I can think of that – basically put it on them for more than a half. And even then, I think, well, we could say they probably backed off at the end of the game, but their defense didn't back off. 
No. And uh, yeah, Baltimore Baltimore is the one game I can say they handily had them. Well, honestly the Texans offense was rolling and I think the Texans backed off too. Right. Um, so but that's in, that's a the deck the Texans as a whole team right. backed off. Right. And that's a reflection of the head coach. Yeah. Whereas Harbaugh said, "All right, maybe we'll back off on offense, but we're we're not giving an inch on defense." Harbaugh is smart enough to know that you barely beat the Patriots. Okay, whatever. That's impressive. Good for you. You trounce them the way Baltimore did. That's that different. motivates your team, and that's a different story. Now, 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 maybe you have that seed in their head that if they because now they have to go down to Baltimore if they make it to the if they make it. And I, and there's no guarantee Baltimore no. makes it, but the high likelihood is that Baltimore it's going to be AFC Championship game is going to be in Baltimore. Hey, I'm just curious. Did you see that 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 article on the Baltimore sideline camera? No, I didn't. Apparently, there's this. Uh, you can go on the, uh, the Ravens website. I'm not making this up. You can go check it out. It's I forgot what it's called. It's called like I don't. Know, I'm, I'm gonna mess this up. It's like. Ravens 360 or something. I don't know. And it's actually a camera that is fixed at a very convenient angle that covers the opposing team sideline and the field that is available for viewing at just about all times. I don't know if it's during games or at all times, but you can actually go on and, and, and see it and look at it. And no one knows about this. No, no one knows about but a Patriots uh, employee walks within 20 miles of Cleveland Stadium with a GoPro, and it's front page news. So, I mean, that's just throwing it out there. I don't know. I, that's because I, I, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I, and to be very, very clear, I just think that's funny. I don't think that has anything to do with the Ravens' success. I think they're just a damn good team. Um, but I, I thought it was funny because there's anybody. There's people who are going to say the Patriots are only good because of all this other BS, right? Which is nonsense, because first of all, uh, every actual legitimate signal is sent through a headset. It's not hand signals. It's not 1975. But then you say, "Oh, Baltimore does this," and it's, "Oh no, no, that's fine." Okay, cool. That's cool. But I don't. I, neither one bothers me, honestly. Right. It, it's. But people are just going to be ridiculous. It's so. the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, there's nothing we can do. Thirty-one teams do it. That's fine. Patriots do it. Hang them from the friggin' That's that's what we say. Stadium about entrance. Yeah. If something happened. If if the, the the Denver Broncos get fined for tampering, it's meh. But if we know what would happen if the Patriots, oh yeah, got, oh yeah, if if they found out the Patriots tampering with Stephon Gilmore, that's it would have been end of the world for Bill Belichick. So Google it, ladies and gentlemen. We're not making it up. This is all things we really see. So. Um. But how do you think? You know, I, I think the Patriots win as well. Absolutely, I think. Uh, I think it'll be a really good game, though. I really do. I don't, I don't think. I don't think they go in there and blow out Buffalo. I no. wouldn't surprise me if they see them go up like ten nothing, fourteen nothing, and see Buffalo mount the comeback. Both defenses are way too good. I do think New England's is better, and I think if you're going to give me even a struggling Tom Brady, who we've seen it before, and I know how crazy this sounds, but was it like, was it Kansas City? Where he had like that ten yard run at the end of the game, twelve yard run. Yeah. Things like that, seeing him put that effort in, getting so fired up, can really get this team rolling. And another week of practice, and then they beat the Bengals, and then another week of practice, and they figure some more things out and get some players back healthy. I really think we're gonna see a much better team. 
I'm not saying they're going to put up 40. We're going to see a good game. I think the Patriots win. I don't know. I honestly, I think probably like 24-14, 24-17, something like that. It's it's going to come down to who's going to maintain health throughout the game, as it always is with the Buffalo Bills. That's always the question mark because. And weather. And weather. Now, the Bills have no problem playing in the cold. Right. Because I think Buffalo is one of the few places that's probably colder than New England this time of year. But if you're talking four or five, six degrees, it's been single digits here the last couple of days where we live. Yeah. If it's that way this weekend, both teams are going to have trouble moving. You you could see a 10-7 game because the ball is going to be frozen and it's going to hit the receiver's hands like a rock. But I think I think the Patriots ultimately pull it out on a, on a defensive battle. I think they just have a little bit more on defense. They have a little bit more. They have a lot more on offense, I believe, just because Josh Allen's inaccurate when it's sunny and sixty-five and clear skies and no no wind whatsoever. I just think it'll be the Patriots. They'll they'll win and they'll lock in the um, division. They'll need to go out, and I believe they're going to need to go out and win week 17 to maintain that bye week. And fortunately, Bill's not going to be able to sit any of the players week 17, which. I actually I, don't mind that. Yeah, I don't think he minds that. I think he'd prefer that that way, especially if he gets that bye week, week um, in the wild card round. So we got to talk about uh, this last game. And this one is last because it is probably. The most on the line. This division has been so much fun all year. I mean, you, we've talked about, you know, how the Vikings have given away games. You, we talked about the Packers who have managed to pull out games. Bills who have been able to pull out some games. The Pats pulled out some games and, and lost some tight games. All, These two teams. All of those teams look like the 72 Dolphins compared to. Oh, my God. Compared to the NFC East. The NFC, because it is so bad that two weeks ago, if you remember, I mentioned that the Redskins were still mathematically in this division race. It's down to the Cowboys and the Eagles. Whoever wins this weekend it has the division. The other team, out of the playoffs. Who wants to lose less? I, I, Normally, I, it's who wants to win more, but with these two, it's it's the other way around. I don't know what these two teams are thinking. And you can't tell me health. Maybe a little bit with the wide receivers for the Eagles. You didn't draft two tight ends, not in the same year, but you staggered them a bit. And you didn't t- you didn't trade for Howard. And you didn't draft this, this rookie out of Penn State who's been fantastic, especially this past weekend. To just have a muddling offense. No, not at all. And, man, how many teams have had major injuries? I mean, like we've talked about, there's there's a couple that haven't had major. But for the most part, it's every team who gets major injuries. And what is what does an upper echelon elite team do? Next man up. Right. They build their team in a way where if somebody gets hurt, the next guy can come up. The Patriots have had receiver issues all year. Whether it be injuries or releasing guys and having to change game plans, They've they, have, it. They, they win because their defense gets it done and right. the offense does just enough. And they addressed it. Yes. Uh, the Saints 
lost their first ballot future Hall of Fame quarterback, Drew Brees. You know what they did? Won every single game when he was out because they were prepared. They had a backup who knew the game plan, who went in there and did what he had to do. It very well, by the way. Right. And honestly, Bridgewater did that. He played himself into a pretty big contract, I think, next year. Or at least, you know, short term, but lucrative. And not to mention the the in-state rival against the Eagles lost their, you can debate it, franchise quarterback, Hall of Fame quarterback, week two, and is in the sixth seed right now. Roethlisberger threw for 5,000 yards last year. I know he's old and he looks like he's really out of shape, but he was getting the job done. And, I, you know, he, he probably wasn't the same guy with, with age, but, right. I mean, he – but they're in the playoff. They're in the play, they're right. in the playoffs right now. But he was part of their game plan, right? And they had they had to make adjustments and make it work. And yet the Eagles not only knew going into the season they had an aging Deshaun Jackson, and aging for the, even though how could, could they think that guy was the answer? I don't know. They were all talking like that was the key to another Super Bowl. That I mean, and early on it was the key. But you knew you knew his uh, susceptibility. You knew Alshon Jeffrey has not been a picture of health. Right. And he hasn't been the stud that they would hope. No. Nelson Aguilar hasn't been the guy that they drafted a few years ago. What's Freddie Mitchell up to these days? Freddie Mitchell's um, It's all Gator I'm doing. I, I mean I think he's I think he's available. But you you had the opportunity to go out there and call the Denver Broncos and say, What do you want for Emmanuel Sanders? Oh and yeah. I know he hasn't been the picturesque of health either picturesque of health i I, i'm throwing new words out there (laughs) webster make sure you're paying attention because i could throw some new words out there i think that's already a word but that's all right we'll move on you could have you could have offered something to denver sure and went and got him or sanu even you could have offered for sanu i mean there's there's endless possibilities and you're you're your your backup quarterback goes out. Well, I was close to strapping him up and being wide receiver. That is an indictment of the head coach to not have enough players available at wide receiver. Wait, what? An indictment of the head coach? No, 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 no. The backup quarterback. The backup quarterback, McNown, came out. I guess after the game, last not this past one, the one before, when they went down to one wide receiver, said he was ready to strap him on it and go out and play wide receiver. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Oh wow! He said that the reporters. Wow, that would have been something. And I get, I get. You went to the game. You had, I believe, they had Aguilar, Jeffrey go down. They had um, again the the kid. I can't, um, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. If you're an Eagles fan, you let me know what his name is. But they drafted him like this year, last year. He went down. So they had Ward, and that was it. Jeez, Ward. They're two, they're two tight ends, Goddard and, and um, Ertz. Ertz. Yeah. And, oh, then they had this third third tight end they were using. I can't remember his name. You're not prepared. I'm sorry, you're not prepared. You've been doing this all year. You've had Aguilar and Jeffrey going down early in the season. You had Deshaun Jackson go down early, early, early in the season. You couldn't think up a plan. It's like, let's go get somebody. But they didn't. No. Not even people off the street, anything. Like, and I do understand after, you know, the first time they get injured, even the second time, right. if they're injury prone, but do not address it 
And to think the answer to addressing it was to bring in Deshaun Jackson, who is just as injury prone, and be like, oh, we're going to be fine now. And I'll, I'll throw this out here. You're the you're the Philadelphia Eagles. You have three tight ends you like, right? You love Goddard. You love Ertz. Yep. And they like this kid. I don't know his name. I don't know where they drafted him. They like him because they used him. You have Sanders. Who looks like a phenomenal right. player. I don't I'm not saying use Baltimore's offense. Some iteration of that offense you could use with Carson Wentz. Just because of what you have. You see how they deploy their offense. There are three tight end system, basically. With with a talent a extremely talented quarterback and they use two to three running backs every game. Right. You tell me you can't do that. You might have an entire Baltimore a game where they they throw like ten passes to a receiver, if right. that. Yeah. Now you're not gonna use Carson Wentz in the same same patterns no. as, yeah, no. as Lamar Jackson. He's not a tenth as dynamic. Plus you have that injury concern with Carson Wentz. But you can some iteration of that offense you can utilize to put in your offense because of your issues at wide receiver. Right. And now you're you're backing off the snaps for your wide receiver that you only have like one left right now which I think they might be going into next game with like one or two. So what happens if they get injured again? Then they might not have any. Don't they have a practice squad they can call guys up yeah, from they or something? They do, but I mean, they, don't, they clearly don't, they don't know what they're doing. Like they this have not is, prepared for this at all. This is a Super Bowl winning head coach, and he is unprepared. Let's flip it on to the other side. Let's crap on Dallas for a while. Because the other side ain't much better. Yeah, your cousin your cousin's not looking like he's a $40 million man. My cousin, I don't know what he's doing. Because cause injuries have not really been the problem. No. Amari Cooper does a disappearing act. Oh, my God. Two, three, exactly what he did in Oakland. All this talk about how he's an elite receiver now that he's in Dallas is complete BS. He does. He's doing the same thing now he did in Oakland. Two or three games, you wouldn't see him. He'd have one or two catches, and then he'd have a breakout game. And it's, oh, Amari Cooper's so great. Me. And then I know. he'd phantom for a month. I know. I've seen it. I seen it just go disappear for a whole month. He's going somewhere else in the offseason. Someone else. Yeah, there's no man. way they 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 pull me up, especially with Dak on the docket. No way. <laughs> Absolutely. I just I just see this team unfocused at times. They seem incapable. And again, this this head coach Garrett needs to go. And I don't I don't blame him either. By the way, because nobody. Can go into Jerry world. Oh, well, yeah. And be effective because Garrett, he almost looks defeated on the sideline before the game starts. And I don't think it's because he's a quitter or, or anything like that. I, I don't I don't think he's a, a great coach. I'm not saying he's the next Jim, you know, Harbaugh or Belichick or anything. But I think if you put him in a position where he could actually run the team and not have an aging eccentric owner undercutting him at every turn, getting his own players to say that he isn't doing his job right, and that Jerry's so much better. Jason Garrett cannot run that team effectively because Jerry Jones will not shut the hell up. If it wasn't for Stephen Jones a few years back for uh, influencing Jerry to to draft the center Frederick, they would have they would have drafted Johnny Menzel. Oh yeah. Jerry, Jerry was all over Johnny. That's Manziel. before. That's before. Way before the draft for yeah. um, Dak. I mean, 
And I'll say this. I've, I've heard a couple places. Steven, when the transfer of power, it's not going to be too much different. Steven's going to be a little handsy too. So I agree. I'd like to see what, what Jason can do in a, on a team where he has a little bit more control. But the team is too talented and hasn't had the injuries that other teams have had to have a seven a seven and seven record and are fighting to win the division in week sixteen in a division with the Giants, the Redskins. It just boggles the mind. I'm not sure I'm not sure what their it's just consistent it's a consistency issue is what it is. And the Cowboys, if they plan on going anywhere in these playoffs, because they're lucky they're going to get a division, uh, um, a home game in the wild card round. I just don't see them going anywhere because they have a tent. They're going to have a double digit team coming in to play them. <clears throat> but you just you just look at it up and down. It's it's a loss to the Bears. It's, I mean, the Patriots loss, it's a respectable loss. Even the Bills? Even I mean, to get blown out at home on Thanksgiving, which is your staple game, that's but, pretty embarrassing. But I'll give you two. I'll, I'll give you a game. What happened against the Jets that you got, you lost? No, no, they didn't just get beat. The Jets destroyed them. Yeah. That I score mean, was not, that score is not indicative as to what the game actually played out to be. There was some garbage time scoring there by Dak and, and, and Zeke, but that game was not close. The and Jets you, dismantled them. And you lost, I believe this is the first game for Teddy Bridgewater, that you lost 12-10. to 10. I'm sorry, you have to take that game. And I get it they have a tough road. I get it they have a tough road. That's a lot of, you got a, you got a loss against the Vikings, you got a loss against the Patriots, loss against the Bills. The Saints loss will will bant you about on that, but uh, the Packers loss, I get it. You got a lot of tough teams on your your list. Well, the key word there is loss, and the Cowboys look lost. Yeah, and and how many how many decent wins do they have? They and have you, the division. You can, and you, here's the thing: you can argue the same thing <clears throat> about other teams too. How many decent wins do the Patriots have? Whatever. Well, they beat Buffalo, who everybody thinks is world beaters. And, you know, they've won something, you know, they beat Dallas. But I don't think that is actually that impressive of a win based on what we've seen this year. But they've won in the past. They have a history of winning, especially, you know, pseudo other teams. Dallas, how many playoff games have they won since Jimmy Johnson left? (laughs) One. I think one. I mean, I had the other coach that came in and won the Super Bowl with him with Jimmy Johnson's leftovers. Barry Switzer's. Barry yeah, Switzer, Switzer with, Barry, with Jimmy Johnson's leftovers. But after that? But after that, they just, I think it's one playoff win since then? I think so. It, it's – it's, <clears throat> but you have, you have to win a couple games against tough opponents. You just, you just have to. Or at least look good. At least make you think if there's a rematch, you could beat them. And, and the, the upside – here's the upside for the um, – Cowboys is they have two division games, Eagles, Redskins, 
They're winning all their division games. Great. That's what you want to do. You want to win all your division games. But you shouldn't have to take it all the way down to Week 16 to beat the Eagles, who have not, who have equally shown an ineptitude on offense. I give the, I give the Eagles slightly a bit more of a break, only because of the injuries. The Cowboys have just been playing some awful football at times. It's times they, they look unstoppable, and other times they look like they just don't know what they're doing out there. And it's really, really unex- inexcusable for the Cowboys to be in this position in Week seven, 16. And I know Jerry's probably in some iteration said that, but he clearly hasn't said it enough to a bunch of individuals that should have put a, put this division away a long time ago. Because no, the Eagles, you you said it, I've said it, have been for weeks trying to give this division up. Oh, both teams have. And I, I, I'll i disagree with you on one thing. I think Jerry has said it too much because he won't shut up and let his coaching staff coach, and they're getting mixed signals. And, oh, do we do we take Jerry's side? Do we take Jason's side? Because they know Garrett's not going to be there next year. I don't care what Jerry Jones says. Jason Garrett's not going to be the Cowboys coach in 2020. Not a chance. There's no way. No, he'll have a revolt. Yeah. He'll have a, a, a Dallas Cowboys fan revolt. I don't know how the players, players will probably like him. But the the fans will just revolt. I mean, you you, you have an opportunity when the Eagles literally go 0-2, when they lose 0-3, I'm sorry, lose to the Patriots, the Seahawks, and then the Dolphins. At any point in there, you could have won a game and locked this division. Yeah. Up. I'm sorry. It, it's, it's inexcusable. And much like the Cowboys, the Eagles are winning most of their division games with the exception of, obviously, they lost to the Cowboys. All right, let's, uh, let's put a ball on this one. How do you think this game ends? <clears throat> Boy, so this one's going to take you – know, this, one's, this one's a scratcher because it's in Philly. I got to say the Cowboys. Yeah, I say the Cowboys, but in one of the ugliest games you've ever seen – to decide the division, ten to seven. Yeah, if that. And it's I, either no, it's either going to be ten to seven or like forty nine, forty six. Right, because it, there's no, <laughs> there's no way this is going to be, you know, a defensive struggle in the first half and a offensive beatdown in the second half. It's either across the board, it's going to be an offensive light up show, or it's going to be a defensive struggle the entire game. Yeah, because these two teams have no perception of reality, and. Whoever comes out of this game is going to lose to either Minnesota or I'm going to say San Francisco because they have the uh, Seattle's got the edge. They have the edge because they beat them already. Um, and we'll see next week when Seattle faces San Francisco. But I think one of those, any one of those three teams will go in and they'll just roll on uh, one of these two teams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Neither one of these two teams is long for the playoffs. No. But if I will congratulate Carson Wentz if he wins because it'll be his first introduction to the NFL playoffs. Well, there you go. With that, we're going to move on to Banger Tank. All right. It's a little bit little bit bittersweet. Only this is, you know, only one more week of Banker Tank after this. Right. But we're working on our uh, – our playoff version. Still, still, still got to work on that. We'll get the details out. Deal. We'll have it, we'll have it set before the playoffs start. Yep. But uh, let's get into 
Regular season banker tank. All right. Who's your first pick, Ben? My first pick is going to be Will Greer. Who? Oh, the uh, new starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Wait, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they benched uh, Allen. They just straight up benched him. They benched him. Woof. So uh, Greer's going to start this weekend against Indianapolis. I feel like Indianapolis is um, licking their wounds, so to speak. Yeah, let's put that mildly, yeah. Um, I feel like with new quarterbacks, you get that one week where you can surprise teams. Yeah. And this will be his week. He's a perfect team to surprise, too. And he's not a bad quarterback. He had a great a great game in the Big 12 Championship last year. Him and Kyler Murray went back and forth. It was one of probably the most entertaining games I've watched. I don't like him because he skipped the bowl game. He thought he was high and mighty, and he gets drafted in the third round. So congratulations to that, moron. But I think he'll be able to, to surprise the Colts. Who you got? Well, my bank is a little bit more well-known name. My bank is going to be Russell Wilson. Now, saying to yourself, oh that's boy, not, that's not a bold. There's pick. a stretch. There's a bold pick. So it's not exactly a bold pick because of who it is. It's a bold pick because his point projection is high, very high. So you don't think he's going to make it? So I it's do. My, that's it's why like I choose my, him to bank. It's like my. Um, Oh, right, you're picking up the bank. In the bank. So I do think he's going to make it. That's why it's a risk, because it's so high. I mean, it's a 31-point projection. And who do they got? Cardinals. Now, Carson's been involved a lot, and you can run on that team. So if they start running it, Wilson's not going to hit that total. Right. I picked him to tank a few weeks ago when he had a 28-point projection. So... I mean, my my, my pattern is is staying true here. I'm not flip-flopping back and forth. Yeah. I've consistently picked guys with, you know, high totals to bank, and we see how well it's worked out the last couple weeks. Yeah. But I just, I honestly think, I think he's going to do it, but it's not a gimme because if this was a a 20-point total, it'd be like, okay, come on, moron, pick something more difficult. Right. 31 fantasy points is not nothing. So. And I probably would have went the opposite. Picked him in a tank? Yeah. Yeah. I would have done my Tom Brady theory. Where the running game is going to cut into it too much. And he wasn't getting enough throws and what happened last week. Right, exactly he, what he happened. Ta- he tanked. They so, won, but he tanked. That's a risk I run, but I also saw <laughs> Kyler Murray in that Cardinals offense led up San Fran two out of three weeks. Yeah. And, right. or excuse me, twice in three weeks. Yeah. So if they do that. Wilson's going to have to throw the ball a lot, and he's going to be fine. Either way, if you're in a championship game with Russell Wilson, you start him. True. Okay. Going to go with David Montgomery. Again? Um, yeah. Not 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 again like you shouldn't because it was a long time since you picked him, but you're going to trust him. You're yeah, going to trust Matt Nagy again. I'm going to go with David Montgomery okay. against Kansas City. I like him. His versatility in this game. And I just think he should be able to clean up the 10 points. 10.7 he's projected to get, no problem, no issues. 
Kansas City can think their defense is the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I think Chicago will go out and surprise them. And I might even say they're going to lose. Mm. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with a player who probably will not be on the team who loses, and that's Mark Ingram against the Browns in Cleveland. Now, Ingram has been an integral part of that offense all year, but he's had some very shaky weeks points-wise. He's been involved, but he hasn't had huge numbers all year. Usually one week on, one or two weeks off, one week on, one or two weeks off. He's coming off a couple of off weeks. So I think he's going to have a good week this week. You never really know on an offense because they can run it 17 different ways every single play. But I think Ingram will be involved this week. And I think think it'll be a good week for him. It's got to be a little bit of a grudge factor, too. They lost earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. Baltimore is not going to stop scoring this game. They're going to be pissed. I I can see them just... Landed on the entire game because the Browns are going to be talking trash the whole game, so they're going to pay for that and it's going to be ugly. We got for receiver uh, Keenan Allen, oof, against the Oakland Raiders. Okay, I they're they're the Oakland Oakland Raiders are just toast. They're well with me right now because the league came out and made a. Said it should have been played out one way at the end of that game last week. And on the field, they played it a different way. So, I would debate the Raiders should have won, but they could have won in spite of the refs. One of those games. Yeah. I don't see Keelan Allen have any problems getting points. In spite of Phil Rivers' inability to be a good quarterback. Inability to register the color jersey and um identify it as the right team to throw to right um he likes to share i I know he is a provider of all people yeah he he loves to have everyone involved including the defense uh but i think keenel will get enough to rack up against this defense that's just they're just gonna melt away what's your um i'm gonna go with robert woods of the Rams against the 49ers. He's been very shaky, hit or miss. When he's had a big game, it's been really big. I think this will be a big game because San Fran doesn't have all their defensive players and the team's going to be distracted. The defense will be distracted by Cooper Cup, Brandy Cooks, and he'll be open decent amount. I don't think he's going to go you know nuts and set a record or nothing, but I think he'll be good enough to be bankable and hit his point projection. Now, on to the negative. Who is your tank quarterback? Aaron Rodgers. Really? Aaron Rodgers. He's projected to get 26 points. Minnesota's defense, even though I spat on him a little bit, I think they'll be able to maintain Aaron Rodgers. Plus, Green Bay's going to run. I think Green Bay's going to run the ball. If there's a game for Minnesota's defense to show up, it's this one. Yeah, but I just think the running game is going to be too too involved. They're going to want to make sure they have everyone going, rested for the playoffs because they need they need all all hands on deck to go up against New Orleans, San Francisco, 
Seattle. None of these teams are going to be a, a walkover. My tank quarterback mm-hmm. will surprise some people, I think. Drew Brees. I say that because we're going into playing a Tennessee team that has to win. That oh, has a very it. good and underrated defense. And I think that entire Saints offense might be feeling a little bit of a Monday night hangover from the emotion of being at home, that awesome Drew Brees performance. And Drew Brees, as great as he is, can disappear on the road sometimes. Oh, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah, there is a home road split there. And not that he's always awful on the road, but if he's going to struggle, it's on the road. And if you're talking on the road against a very solid defense, a team that has to win, I think this sets up for a very mediocre Drew Brees performance. And you would say the dome is a cushy 70 degrees? Probably. 75? It's going to be a balmy 54 in Tennessee. Yeah. With a low of 40. It's not going to be... Which, I mean, to us is tropical compared to what we've had here recently. But Right. But they Saints are not... Yeah. That's the problem with dome teams, to be honest with you. Sure. But I think he's going to struggle. Yeah. Um, well, for, he's going to struggle for by Drew Brees standards, which I mean, is still I, I mean, better than just about anybody. But He couldn't struggle this past week, but hey. No, he didn't. It is what he it is. He beat you. <laughs> Tank running back. Raheem Mostert. Oh. Against the Los Angeles Rams. Kid's been really good. I know. He has. Um, for some reason, and I know I've been bashing on the Rams the entire season, especially the puppet quarterback. I feel like the defense is going to try to put their stamp on this game. Because okay. this is it. They lose, they're out. I mean, they could have showed up any of the previous six weeks and, and been effective. But they could have. This been. is the one? This is the one their defense okay. is going to try to show up, especially with it being San Francisco. I, for some reason, I feel like this – we could <clears throat> we could turn on this game halfway through and you could see it 6-3, to 3-0, three. Three either way. Because Jimmy's, Jimmy's shown inconsistencies throughout the season yeah. too. But I just and and they're going to deploy their three running backs. And if Burita is as healthy as he can get, he's the lead back. So Raheem's uh, projected twelve point five. I don't see him getting it. All right, I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon. I like Melvin Gordon. I think he's going to be a really good player for somebody else besides the L.A. Chargers next year. But they have, I think, already decided, even though Melvin Melvin Gordon is a free agent, Austin Eckler isn't restricted free agent, I do think they'll bring him back and Melvin Gordon will go to greener pastures. But I think they've shown the last few weeks, the game plan at least shows for the Chargers, that they are setting up for the future with Eckler and not Gordon. They know they're not going to the playoffs. They know they're not going to be a competitive team. Look at his carries the last couple of weeks. Talking about Melvin Gordon. They've dropped drastically. There's no real injury issue. They've just stopped using him, apparently, in in these situations and put Eckler in instead. So I really don't see why this game would be any different. 
on top of on top of that, you have a completely inept quarterback in Phillip Rivers, an offense that can't seem to move the ball even against Oakland. I just I don't see this being a good game from Melvin Gordon at all, and I think he's just counting the days until he can pack his bags and move out of L.A. Yeah, someone's going to give him a buttload of cash yeah. in the offseason. Wide receiver, John Brown. John Brown. For the Buffalo Bills. Be covered by uh, the I don't, best corner in the league. I don't believe they're going to put him on it. Are they going to put Gilmore on him? No. I think it'll be Jones. Really? Okay. They'll uh, slide Jones. We know Jones isn't playing this week. Jonathan Jones? Yeah. He's not? No. I haven't seen that. Maybe maybe Stefan will be there. Yeah. Because um, typically Jonathan Jones is kind of covers that speedy receiver because J.C. Jackson's not going to cover him because he's just, it'll blow right by him. But uh, no, I'll stick with uh, John Brown. I just don't I don't see I don't see that offense doing anything. Yeah, and, not a whole lot. No. And Josh Allen is just so inaccurate as a quarterback. It's a miracle that John Brown and Cole Beasley have these many catches as they do, and especially with the drops that they have, which have piled up throughout the year. Um, it just it just doesn't it doesn't bode well for that offense to face the Patriots defense at this point. Mm. I am going to go with Dolphins great Devontae Parker. Coming off a huge week, going against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Bengals, for all of their faults, have been abysmal on offense at times. You know, not great against the run, but they have been pretty good against the pass. I mean, they're ranked ranked seventh in the league against the pass. So, you add that to a, a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is... And have some flashes from time to time, but let's face it, there's a reason he's been on as many teams as he's been on. They had a big week. They had a nice week. But it's not going to repeat. He's going to struggle this week. He's not a Julio Jones or a Michael Thomas. It's Devontae Parker. He's very good. Yeah. But you add the shaky quarterback play, a good pass defense, and the fact that he himself is very inconsistent, it's going to lead to him being a tank this week. That's fair. Game of the week. I'm going to go outside the box. Cincinnati, Miami. Oh, speak of that game. All right. Cincinnati, Miami. Now, the point of the game of the week is to pick the most entertaining, what we think is going to be an entertaining game. And I think this will be entertaining. So, I do, I do too, honestly. I think it will be one of those back and forth I think it'll be a very high-scoring game, too. And 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 I'll add this little caveat to it. <clears throat> There's going to be some phone calls, although it is illegal. I will note that. It is illegal for the front office to call. Well, the, Ben, that wouldn't happen because you know the only team to ever do anything illegal is the Patriots, and they're not involved. Right. So, But with that said, there will be some phone calls uh, from the front know. office. I don't know. To the head coaches saying, hey, back off a little bit, please. They want that pick. Cincinnati wants to maintain that pick. Miami kind of does need to well, get Cincinnati that. Cincinnati only has one win, so they're guaranteed. I think they're not guaranteed yet. Well, no, even I mean, even if they win, they still have that pick. No, uh, I think they'll be tied with the Giants. I think the Giants, Giants have three wins. I think don't they? Have two. Okay. Believe they have two, buddy. I could be wrong, but I don't think they. I don't think they've acquired their third pick yet. 
our third win yet. Oh, Giants are three and eleven. Still need to. They still need. Yeah, to, no, but it, yeah, but if they, if they lose this week, they're guaranteed number one pick. Right. So they want. They need to get that pick. Yeah. They, to get that pick, they need to lose. So there's going to be some phone calls, I think. And Miami is going to. How do I say this the right way? Pull it out with a twenty-three seventeen win, but I don't really think they're going to pull it out. It's just Cincinnati, as you sometimes eloquently will put, Cincinnati is going to snatch. A lot. How do you say it? You're going to snatch uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. There you go. Some reason, I can't say that. No, you struggle every time. Every single time. Pretty funny, actually. I could be talking on the mic, or I could be just sitting there chilling, and it's like, Chris, how do you say it? And just just yeah. like that. Yeah. It's like a poetry emotion. I actually, I actually, to be honest, I, I didn't I didn't come up with that, but I heard it years ago, and I loved it, so I always say it. All right, my game is going to be a game we talked about to start off the show. Yep. The Green Bay Packers at Minnesota Vikings. It's going to be in the Dome, so it's going to be... I think it'll at least start out or end as a shootout. I think Green Bay is going to pull away, though. Just too many injuries on Minnesota's behalf. But I do think it will be a good game. I don't think Minnesota's just going to roll over and play dead because they have some injured players. But I I do think Green Bay wins, only because the injury factors. I'd say... 31-24, but, I mean, I, I think I think it would be a very different game if you had a fully healthy Thielen and Dalvin Cook. Yes. I'll, just put it, I'll, I'll just put it out. I mean, there's no way you couldn't. With two of the best offensive players in the league gone. Or Thielen's supposed to play, but he's not full-strength Adam Thielen. He's just not himself right now. Are, are we assuming that it's going to be Dome on Monday Night Football? Because it is retractable roof. Oh, maybe not. Okay, I, I was thinking nighttime up in Minnesota, probably this time of year. But they're not going to—they're not going to gain any advantage by playing in the cold against Green Bay. It is projected to be thirty-seven. Yeah, and partly cloudy. We don't know. Yeah, I'd say if you want a happy fan base that's going to buy uh, certain cold beverages at a high price, you're going to not want it to be thirty-seven if you can help it. I don't know. They—they—they they, they did it for a purpose. They had a retractable roof because a lot of the fans used to be around when Minnesota was outdoors. And then they went indoors um, with their previous um, stadium. And then this new one is the reason why they have a retractable roof. I'll tell you this much. I got tickets to the Pats-Dolphins game next week. Oh. And it's going to be a cold one. I'm fine with that. I was born and raised in New England. I can take the cold. That's fine. I'm going to that game. I'm going to watch every second of it. No problem. But if you gave me the option of watching that same game in a dome and then the Patriots decided I wasn't going to do that, I love my team, but I'd be pretty pissed. I, so, will, I will say this to, to add on to your experience. Because pretty much my experience with Patriots games have been against the one and only Miami Dolphins. I enjoy watching those little Miami Dolphins freeze. Oh, that's going to be tremendous. Yes. Uh, even even a couple, even I think it was one time I went during September. Wasn't quite the weather they used used to. No, not at all. And it's going to be frigid yes. next weekend. So. so I just like to say I enjoy watching the Miami Dolphins freeze when they face New England in New England in the dead of winter. Yeah. So. 
Well, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Please let us know your thoughts and opinions on this show, whether it be our Banker Tank selections, which we hope you will join us and take part in, or any of our games of the week, or any of our thoughts or side comments. And, Ben, how can you do that? Well, you can go on Facebook, uh, at Ben and Chris Talk Football, which is where we'll post be for Banker Tank. So hopefully everyone joins in, and we have – I'm hoping for six people. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. It's Ben Chris Talk FL One, and you can check us on Instagram. Ben underscore Chris Talk Football. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen. If you are anywhere within the sound of my voice, stay warm. It is freezing out there, and if you are in a warm area, stay there. There's nothing for you here. <laughs> Have a good one. We'll see you back here Wednesday morning. Thank you.